Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ladies Power Lunch. Hi, I'm Dr. Shepard. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Kelly. And Kelly, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you are and what it is that you do? So great to be here. I'm Kelly Reese, as you said, and I'm a certified leadership coach and emotional clearing expert for spiritually minded female executives and established founders. And the women that I work with, they struggle with feeling like they don't belong in their role. They're exhausted from trying to be somebody they're not. And they have this feeling like they need to get out of what they're doing rather than feeling confident in who they are and showing up without apology. They're kind of hiding and holding back who they really are, which is extremely exhausting. They're basically empaths in leadership and they're struggling with feeling like they have to do it all and say yes to everybody. Otherwise they'll disappoint somebody. That really sounds exhausting. Tell me a story about a woman that you have encountered that was in a role like this that came to you recently and maybe you've been able to help her with her struggle? Sure. One of my clients, she's a current client. When she came to me, she was telling me, I need to get out of this job. It's draining me. And I look around and I don't see any mentors or anybody I relate to. I've done all the networking things. I feel like I'm not meant to be here. And so we worked a lot on what was going on inside, what was going on in her body. She had anxiety and she was really struggling with doing presentations. And she felt nervous when she was talking to senior partners and she questioned her abilities, even though she went to MIT, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's got, you know, multi six figure salary. And so we've worked together to get her to the place where she's now doing presentations. She's being called in to do presentations like the night before as somebody who comes in as like the closer Mm -hmm. and she's doing it without any anxiety whatsoever. So no performance anxiety. She knows how to like show up and, and she's doing it her way, which is really what I help my clients do because they get in this idea that they have to be someone they're not in order to succeed. And then that becomes the exhausting piece where they're trying to like fit themselves into this mold that really isn't anybody they want to be in the first place. So I'm curious, Kelly, what do you think it was that was holding this person back? What was the biggest challenge or obstacle that she was facing to actually realizing her true potential? The thing that I work with my clients on is they think that they have imposter syndrome, but what they really have is they're struggling with toxic shame. And so I help them identify the underlying aspects of toxic shame that are causing them to feel the way that they feel so that they can show up as themselves and can feel confident in who they are and the role that they're doing and what they bring to the organization so that they can make valuable impact, you know, and make contributions that they feel good about making rather than trying to work around who they are to like be this other thing that they think they need to be. So all my clients are struggling with toxic shame. 
Can you say some more about the difference between toxic shame and imposter syndrome? Because I'm not sure if all of us really understand, you know, what those two things are and how they are different. Yeah. If I talk about toxic shame, then it will explain how it's different from imposter syndrome. So shame is a normal, natural emotion. It just signals like when you've done something that's maybe unacceptable or not within, you know, the norm. And it's meant to like stop us from making the same mistakes again and again. And with toxic shame, it's really an irrational feeling that people struggle with. It's toxic because it's paralyzing and it's chronic. Mm -hmm. And it's just this emotional feeling of unworthiness, like you're imperfect, you're a fraud. And so there's a lot of self-loathing, self-sabotage that happens, perfectionism, people-pleasing, addictive tendencies. And the thing that differentiates it from imposter syndrome is what causes toxic shame and it's in the subconscious. So when it's there, it begins to like dictate your behavior. And so the toxic shame though has its roots in trauma. It comes mostly with the clients I work with from childhood neglect and abuse. And so while toxic shame is common, it's not talked about a lot, but having toxic shame will tell you that your feelings are not common, (laughs) that you're the only one feeling the way you do. And that it feels like there's a spotlight on you and that everybody can see what you're feeling and is, and is then getting on the bandwagon to say like, yeah, you really are not okay. Eventually what happens is toxic shame will tell you eventually I'm going to fail and it creates more shame and it's really paralyzing. I had the same thing happen to me. And so when I was doing the work with clients, we were looking at aspects of imposter syndrome and the things that I was working with them on, it wasn't having a lasting impact. And so I had to dig deeper and figure out what is going on with them. And when I landed on that, it was just like, oh my God, okay. Shaming begins in childhood. And that's when it creates like this feeling that you're not getting what you need emotionally. And then that just builds on top of what happens for my clients. So that in adulthood, you're still struggling with things that happened to you from childhood. Interesting. It's interesting that you say that this is quite common, but that people aren't really aware that it's happening. So I have two questions. I'd love for you to share you know, how you came to be doing this work and perhaps share a little bit of your story with your struggles with toxic shame, but probably also give us an idea of if we are struggling with toxic shame in our own lives, how we can identify it so that we can know that this is something that we need to work on. Okay. So let's start with a little bit of my background. So I was a former exhausted executive. (laughs) I struggled with the same feelings of toxic shame in my role. I was running a $34 million organization and I walked away from that 17 year career five years ago, end of 2015. And that role was demanding, (laughs) obviously, and it left me depleted. So I struggled with this feeling that I had to be everything to everyone and I had to do it all perfectly and hold space for this, you know, massive organization. And Mm -hmm. it really took a toll on my body, mind, and spirit. And I didn't feel like I've been rooted in my spiritual journey for 25 years. And I just didn't feel like I could show up and consciously be 
that woman that I knew myself to be. And so I ended up feeling disconnected, misaligned, and so exhausted. It's traumatizing to try to be somebody you're not, you know, or to push aside who you really are and step into this role where the spotlight is on you. And it feels like, you know, you're responsible for a lot and you're unable to be who you are. And so that just, it feels like this, it's like a weight just dropping down, you know? And so when I walked away from that job, I ended up having three fibroid tumors growing on my uterus. I had my kidneys and my adrenals were depleted. Mm. And it was interesting because I, I went up the ladder of this industry of natural foods and it took me 17 years to get there. And then when I got there, I just thought, oh my God, I feel so out of place here, you know, but it's like, it doesn't matter how much money you make, where you went to school, what your title is, toxic shame is still there. It's not something that is knocked out by affirmations or by thinking differently. It's like there's underlying factors of it. And so I had to go on a healing journey for myself. And I spent two years outside of the country working remotely and traveling around working with different healers to try to help me with the the, the pieces that were obvious. I was spent, you know, it's like I was thinking, okay, I got to build this business, but I realized I had to do it completely differently than I ever did anything before. I couldn't use the tools of like, oh, I'm just going to push myself through. <laughs> I'm just going to show up and, and do it. And it forced me to find a different way, which thankfully it, that was a gift in itself because that's what I do with my clients now. At the time, it felt awful. <laughs> At the time, it felt like, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to build a coaching business? Because I shifted from this natural foods industry into coaching because I loved mm -hmm. coaching in my previous job. I had to find new tools and new ways to do it that wasn't buying into, it has to be a grind. I have to push myself. And I know when I push myself, I'm actually coming from a place of fear. And so when I feel myself pushing, because that habit is still ingrained in me, but I see it come in and it's like, I'm not doing that. That's not what we're doing. But when I feel myself pushing, I pause and I really try to identify, okay, what am I afraid of? Because I know every time I'm pushing, I'm afraid. And so usually, mm -hmm. oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to find the next client. I'm afraid I'm not doing enough. And so I really tap into that energy and identify what it is so that I can disengage from it. So that's one tool that I use. I was curious. We are all going about our lives and in a lot of ways we might be, and please don't be offended people who are listening, we might be a little blind to some of the things that are happening with us. So how can we know if we need help? That's such a great question. If we could get to the place where we're not <laughs> with three fibroid tumors, <laughs> you know, and depleted kidneys. Before we depleted, get depleted kidneys. Yes, and before we get there, tumors. it'd be so great. <laughs> We'd have solved a lot of issues, right? So the women I work with are spiritually minded. They are tapped in. And I think the first things that they recognize is something feels misaligned. This feels off. And I really work with clients on, on listening to their body because that empath piece is a huge part of who they are. And they, they have trouble navigating themselves through, through the workplace because they feel everything. So if you're in a role, whether you're a founder or, you know, you're an executive or management, if you're in a role and you, and it was something that you wanted and you've been working your way towards something and you feel like 
I got to do more. I'm not enough. I feel unworthy. And you feel like you're sabotaging yourself. If you feel like you question everything that you do, if you're lying awake at night, staring at the ceiling, replaying everything you think you should have done, everything that you did yesterday that you could have done better, that overanalyzing piece, the being stuck in your head, that was probably the first sign for me that there was really something going on, that mental piece. Cause I have a really nice balance of the spiritual side, but then I also have like the logical side. I love spreadsheets, <laughs> but being stuck in that mental drama, it can get really scary up here. <laughs> it's a huge impediment. And I was on a quest to overcome it because it was just extremely frustrating for me to constantly overthink and be questioning myself. But thinking is a tool. It's one of the senses, but it's not the only tool and thinking can create the suffering. And so yeah. if we can trace what we're doing, it's like stepping back to be the observer and understanding that how you're moving through the things that you do, if it doesn't feel good, then there's something you may want to look at. I really appreciate you sharing this. There's so much misalignment that is happening when we are off, when we feel off. So tell us, let's just break it down into simple things that we can really use and really take away with us. What are some of the do's and don'ts for just making sure that we are taking care of ourselves? Okay, so... I spent a lot of time, <laughs> years, trying to be someplace other than where I was. And that in itself creates suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really, this is like one of the key things for me. When I began to embrace where I was, rather than trying to change where I was and just knowing, like I had to tell myself, if I felt uncomfortable, I wanted to feel better. Obviously, nobody wants to be in discomfort, right? But what I had to tell myself was, okay, I feel uncomfortable right now. And I, this is going to pass. It's okay. I've been through, and I would literally list out the things in my mind. I've been through this. I've been through this. I've been through this. All these things pass. This is a temporary feeling. And feelings are, aren't facts is what I like to tell myself. And thoughts create my feelings and a thought can be changed. So when I was feeling that way, I was like, all right, I would trace it back to what was I thinking? Where am I right now? And if it wasn't something that had dropped into my mind, then I, and it was just, I'm feeling uncomfortable where I am. So then I would pause <laughs> and I would put my hand on my heart and I'd say, is this even mine? Because sometimes what I find is the energy is coming from somewhere else and it's not even yeah. mine, yet I'm carrying it around and thinking, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. What's happening? What did I do wrong? And, you know, and I'm looking for what's wrong outside of me. And so when I put my hand on my heart and realize it's not mine, then what I can do is release it. And I just literally say it internally. I'm like, please release this with love. This is not my burden to carry. And it's amazing how this feeling that can come over you. It's like, sometimes I have to follow up with, I give myself permission to release this. It's not mine. And then I can drop back into my heart. Most of the time though, what I find is that I'm up in my head, <laughs> struggling with the mental drama and that mental chatter, you know? And for me, without this command of my mind that I've had to work toward, I'm sunk. It's like, I needed to get a leg up on like, my inner life and just managing what was happening up here. But some of that was connected to these 
core blocks, these hidden blocks that I couldn't see. And I wasn't one of those people. Well, I tried affirmations. I had post-its everywhere (laughs) and they weren't working and I couldn't figure out why. And part Mm -hmm. of the fact that they weren't working is because of these underlying subconscious things that that I was talking about with the toxic shame that I couldn't, I couldn't see it. And so then I just end up frustrated. And so, so part of the things I, I do meditate, that's one of the tools that I use. And I find that it's incredibly important. If I miss meditation, I'm like yelling at the grass. Why are you growing? (laughs) Frustrated to all net to no end. Sometimes I joke and I say, I meditate for the other people (laughs) because it's, it's, uh, I just feel so off and it just reminds me to get back in my body. And that's another tool that I use. If I'm feeling stressed out, if I'm feeling, if I'm up in my head, I drop down, I remind myself, get out of your head, drop into your heart. Like I try to do all my guidance from my heart center. And uh, so I get in my heart, I call my energy back in, you know, it's like my energy gets kind of splayed out and just goes out all over the place. So when I'm feeling unsettled, I need to ground and I'll call my energy in, literally close my eyes. And like, I just imagine all these pieces just like coming back and landing in my body. And that's really grounded. That I love that calling your energy back in. I um, had the wonderful, wonderful experience of uh, having a session with one of our ladies' parlance members recently, and she actually helped me to call my energy back in, and that was so great, so fun. So yeah. I love that you're mentioning that. Yeah, uh, do you it's have- really powerful. Do you have any resources that you think you have found to be just tremendously helpful that you think that we should know about as well? Yes, I definitely do. I use the Calm app. And okay. so I use that and every one of my clients uses it. You can track your progress. It's And it's not just for meditation. They have this amazing thing called the breath bubble that you can follow that goes halfway around for a few breaths and then around and that's one of the things you can bring yourself back into your body is through your breath. There are sleep stories. There's meditations for self-love relationships with self. I couldn't even go on about how much stuff there is. I do a daily meditation with someone named Jeff Warren, who's an incredible meditation teacher and he's really funny. And they also have music for focus, which I really love. So I just put that in the back on in the background when I'm working and they have a Facebook group. There's like 70,000 people in there now. I watched it grow from 5,000 to over 70,000. I it's- feel like this year, this past year, has really given people an opportunity to go within. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in spite of all the negative things that are associated with the past year, that this is one of the good things that we can hold on to and say that, yes, we've had an advantage for being able to spend that time going within. Any last words, any final words of wisdom that if I ask all our guests this question, if we took nothing else away from our talk together today, just something that you'd like for us to leave with. If you're feeling misaligned, if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're feeling like I need to get out of the job I'm in. That's not an easy place to be. And not everybody can just walk away. That's, it's not an option. Not everybody can do what I did. And I realized that. And I work with people to stay in their jobs, but to love the work that they do and love where they are. And that can happen, but 
don't ignore those signs. You don't just have to like keep forcing yourself and pushing yourself through. Those signs are there. Your body is speaking to you and the place that you are, sometimes you do need to walk away. Don't get me wrong. There's toxic work environments, but not everyone can do that. And so don't ignore the feeling that you have. Understand that it can be shifted and it can change. I love your takeaway because I know that in our group, there are very many of us who have said goodbye to corporate and we have forged our own path. And yet there are many of us who might still be in corporate and or still be in job environments that it is not an option to walk away from. And wouldn't it be lovely if we could actually be where we are and love where we are? Yes. Yes. And I want those people to stay. I want the heartfelt women to stay in those roles because that's how we're going to change the face of leadership. We all can't just keep leaving. (laughs) This is so true. Kelly, I am coming from a corporate environment. I feel like in me leaving, and this is not me patting myself on the back or anything like that, but it kind of is. Let me just, okay, now that we've gotten past (laughs) that, but it's really their loss for having lost me with my extreme heart-centered behavior to having lost me to the corporation. It is a loss. And the truth is, if we have more people who are like us, who are part of the machine, then the machine changes. Don't you think? Yes. Yes. That's how we affect change. That is how we affect change. And so I love, 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 adore what it is that you're doing. And I just see that this is a perfect way to encourage us to bloom where we're planted and to encourage us also that there's another side of this. Wherever you go, one of my mentors likes to say, you take yourself with you. Exactly. I was just going to say, and a lot of times people leave thinking that the problem is what's happening around them, but what's really happening is within them, which is like, you can get aligned. And then you can make a decision. All right, I know who I am. I'm backing myself up. I have my back. I feel confident. Now I'm going to decide whether or not I want to move up or I want to move out. Okay, so what I'm getting from what you're teaching us today, Kelly, is start with noticing. Mm -hmm. Noticing what's going on with you. Noticing where you're off. Noticing how you're feeling. You've given us a couple of tools and even a couple of resources that we can use to keep ourselves centered and you know, do our our meditation and that sort of thing. But you've also reminded us that we need to get centered first before we make that move. We need to get aligned Mm -hmm. first before we make those big decisions. And I think that is superbly valuable. Kelly, what is your website? How can people get in touch with you? If they've heard something here today and they really feel like, you know what, I want to talk to Kelly, how can they do that? Sure. The website is www.kellyreese.com. And uh, at the there's throughout the site, there's ways that they can schedule a call with me. 
Kelly, this has been such a pleasure. I'm feeling like we could continue this conversation (laughs) for such a long time. I really feel a kinship with you and I just feel the energy of this conversation is so right. I would love to have you back on the show. So let's talk offline about making that happen. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of our amazing community. And I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.